In this episode, we talk about tattoos. We also hear about my dreams, a segment that will come back throughout our podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy the show. They're punk. They, they fit into your punk past. They do. That they do. And they're funny. There are some pretty funny ones. But, like, in a, like, sexy way. Like, the yeah. bat is so cool. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, my God. Bats are cool. That's the fucking coolest tattoo. Yeah. Man, this bat was originally done... Um, I went to watch my ex-wife get tattooed. And we sat there for, like, nine hours of her getting tattooed. And the guy was like, I really want to do something on you. And I was like, I want, like, a medical sketchbook bat on my hand. And then he did this shit that looked like a fucking Pokemon. And it was like pink and blue. And I was like horrified. And it was like midnight and I'd been sitting there all day. And I came out and it was like horrifically painful, obviously. Mm -hmm. Heavy ass tattoo in this spot. And I had to go over it completely with all like black. And I still despise it. Dude, that's brutal. That's brutal. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I think it looks very sick from an external. I, yeah, for, from you. a friend, from an outside from, of your friend, experience, person. As a friend yeah. who has nothing to do with your body, mm-hmm. I think you look very good. Yeah, um, you're a cool looking guy. You really are. Well, uh, Nikki, I'm just very curious. Um, what did you happen to dream about last night? Last night, um, lately in my uh, dream transportation land, it's been like some new territories. I feel like I'm like in a video game and I'm getting like new gameplay areas. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's yeah. it's kind of so like how it commutes. Opening, opening the map up a little bit. Yeah, and like sometimes I like see a map in the dreams. It's really fucking crazy. <laughs> I wish I could function. <laughs> That's how Tolkien did it. Yeah. That dude was just dripping on some (laughs) Trazodone. That was it. He was taking some magical gnome mushrooms. (laughs) Um, I truly think most great artists were just high and lying about it. mm -hmm. Let's continue. I'm sorry. For sure. (laughs) What did you dream about? (laughs) There's so many of them that don't bother lying about it. Yeah. Um, Some of the best ones. Uh, Anyway, last night, um, last night was influenced by... American Horror Story freak show. Oh. Um, there was some character crossovers. Um, so I was living in a hotel, um, like a motel, and or maybe it was a house, not really sure. Anyway, um, some people came and were squatting in the house, um, and one of them was definitely influenced by an American Horror Story, Evan Peters vibe. Um, super scary, uh, like zombie-like character um, who was kind of like, like it was like Evan Peters, but like as a zombie and he was in the dream, he was just addicted to drugs, but he was like completely not like functioning. And then there was... Metaphorical and a literal. Yeah, yeah, you could say that. Um, and then he had a woman with him who was, um, they were both in, in the dream being communicated to me as like both severely mentally and physically ill. Like that's what they kept saying. And they were smoking a bunch of crack in my house and squatting. Um, and so I was super stressed out trying to get them out and find them resources and get them help. Um, at one point the Evan Peters zombie um, had a boner and was walking around naked oh and my he, God. Um, trying to get me to have sex with him. Oh my but God. Like, but like, I I was like afraid, but like trying to help him. So I just like hugged him from behind and tried to comfort him and get him to stop having a boner. So, um, so yeah, they were squatting in my house and they had like squatters rights and I couldn't kick them out. Oh my God. Um, so a zombie with squatters rights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not um, a zombie with a boner and squatter's rights. <laughs> Pick one, please. Um, at one point, I went out to a bar and uh, was trying to just get some space from the freak show going on in my house. Yeah. And Literally. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I came out of the bar late at night and ran into my niece in the parking lot. Um, and she was dressed like an old goth woman. 
and um, she had a trunk full of kittens. Um, And she was trying to get older people to go home with her, but she had to watch over these kittens that were like actively jumping out of the trunk and she's like juggling them. And she's- It's like, (laughs) it's really giving, I read this book called When Brooklyn Was Queer by Hugh Ryan, who's this amazing researcher. And it was all about the Coney Island freak show. And how it was this like queer, little queer utopia where like queerness kind of lived across boundaries of like mental health of like disability of race of uh of just all sorts of things and they were they were they were in a freak show and so i wonder i didn't see the ryan murphy show i mean this sounds way cooler and um well i tried to sell it it didn't do well maybe that's a new idea okay sorry (laughs) (laughs) mickey um no that's okay uh anyway with the niece uh, in the parking lot, she is a teenager and has all these kittens. Um, I remember telling her if she didn't get in the car and drive the kittens home, I was going to beat the shit out of her in front of all of her friends. Oh my god! <laughs> Which is, this is wild. Really it's sharp such. Right a, this is high. why it's so like these fucking dreams. They're so ridiculous. Like they just go into these like whole crazy specific tangents and I wake up feeling like it really happened and like my niece and I have like a great relationship and I always have dreams that she's actually like a complete monster and so she's like fighting me trying to find some older people to go home with her in the dream and I'm like physically putting her in the car and there's fucking kittens and I gotta go home to these zombie squatters and um yeah that was my great night of rest (laughs) When I was a senior in high school, we got this prompt to write a paper, and I was like, finally I get to, like, let loose and just, like, do this. So I I asked my teacher if I could do, like, make it, like, a chapter-based, like, long-form paper, and he was like, okay, like, do your thing. And so I ended up, like, telling basically the entire history from, like, inception until now then um what like the history of tattooing and how it you know made its way into the americas and blah 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 um and he like really loved it and he ended up making like projector transparencies of it without telling me and then like showing it to the class and being like literally this is how you write a paper and i was like oh my god that's incredible when you follow your passion amazing things happen right it's like if only children were allowed to It's kind of crazy that you mentioned that. I've been asking my mother for months to go into her garage and open a container that I hoped had my yearbooks. And she finally fucking did it today and sent me pictures and she does indeed have my yearbooks, which I'm really stoked about. But there was also a picture of a laminated um, bound project I did about Motley Crue (laughs) in the eighth grade and it was like 2006 language arts Motley Crue then and now and she's very I I will show it to you on my phone after this um so it's also kind of funny because my first tattoo story uh for our tattoos episode is um Motley Crue related. Oh, please tell us. (laughs) It's quite a tale uh, and a journey to getting a first tattoo. Um, So it's kind of been a thing. Um, I did a book project in fourth grade on Motley Crue's The Dirt, which is uh, the the tales of the world's most notorious rock band and it's like a thick book like this and it's a self written um story of this notorious rock band that was like a bunch of drug addicts that just took themselves around the world and destroyed everything in their path um (laughs) so i read this in fourth grade and became like obsessed yeah. And like worship this book as like my Bible. That's incredible. Like I flew around with it, like wouldn't travel without it. That's incredible. Read it over and over. It was like one of the only books I ever actually read. Wow. As it a must kid. have been a really good I wanna read this. I bet it's as really a As a fourth good grade kid, yeah. it was like 
something I should have not been reading, first of all. Um, But anyway, um, when I was 15, um, my favorite member of the band released his own book. And um, been waiting for more I had been waiting for more content literature. for years. Yeah. And um, he was doing a book signing for it in Times Square. And I was like, I want to go meet him and get him to either sign my skin or sign a piece of paper so I can get it tattooed on me. Oh. Yes. <laughs> so. Gay. Yeah, That's gay. gay. That's so gay, man. <laughs> so gay. It's wild. So. <laughs> Fortunately, I was on the fan forum and made a friend who lived in New York. Oh my god, those fan forums in the early 2000s were gold for Incredible. the community. I, like... They were safe, too, it felt. Like, it just I mean, felt that way. I'm very fortunate to say I actually never had a bad experience with anyone that I met through that. I, like, did end up finding, like, a whole community across the country of people in this fucking fan forum for this stupid band that I was obsessed cool. with. Um, I love I love that. So, I had this friend. She lived on Long Island. Um, I took my dad's credit card while he was taking a nap and booked myself a ticket to New York. Oh my God, that's very (laughs) bold. Jesus Christ. Um, It was like in the middle of the school week. (laughs) You're definitely not Jewish. (laughs) The guilt would kill you. Uh, he found out pretty quickly, and I think his like guilt for the place that our lives were in um, made up for it. And okay, he was like, "It's the one thing you care about." Go. Okay, yeah. That was the vibe. Yeah. So I was like, "Okay." Yeah. Um, so, in the middle of the school week, I flew out to Long Island to meet this friend from the fan forum, who fortunately turned out to be a teenage girl. Um, <laughs> um, and I know, but at that time, it felt like that was possible. Yeah, that's true. Risky, yeah, but, I mean, we were, like, we talked for, like, 12 hours a day on AIM every day, yeah, and we're, like, we were, like, best friends. Um, did, so, you, did, did you know you were queer? Did you know you were queer at this point? I was not out at this point. This was my phase where I wanted to, I fully wanted to, like, be these men. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like... I think I brainwashed myself into being like, you can just be a groupie and like be with them and yeah. like be the coolest one. Yeah. You can party. You have to perceive yourself. Exactly. So I was playing, I, as a teenager, that was like until I ended up coming out at like 17, coming out. Um, I was very much like in groupie headspace, um, just like kind of idolizing these very feminine men who were <laughs> fucking all the chicks. Yeah. Yeah, so, you're, you're kind of the butchest person around in most cases. Exactly. By, like, far. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, more, I yeah, got you. quicker, faster than, like, all of the dudes putting their makeup on around me. <laughs> right, right. Um, <laughs> so, uh, there I was in New York, um, Massapequa, Long Island, which turns out to be the neighborhood that the Long Island serial killer just got caught. And uh-huh. he was uh, killing the people right around that time. Um, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, I know. I He just got arrested like a week like ago. And the only time we've been stoked. Yeah. It, literally. For just that one guy. But no, abolish all those Right. So, um, there we were, Long Island, and the book signing was in Times Square. And uh, we got there at like six o'clock in the morning in front of Virgin records which no longer exists high school years we got there at 6 a.m i think the book signing was like 6 p.m and we were the second people in line and in front of us were like the creepiest pair of adults (laughs) married couple i have ever encountered they were like dressed in all of his like auctioned clothes with like his portrait tattooed all over both of them and like had special m&ms made for him in times square um i was like i just want to like suck this dude's dick and get his name tattooed on me but (laughs) um, to collect his face yeah like skin (laughs) him just connect collect his dna yeah they're like see if you can pull some of his hair off (laughs) (laughs) Put it in a jar, preserve him. 
Literally. I'll snort it later. <laughs> oh, they're so they're intense. Honestly, that's kinky. That's I celebrate that. That's <laughs> Whatever you gotta it. do. You're welcome. We love you. In the she had like a giant portrait of him on her back, and I just remember like imagining his fucking back shots. On yeah. anyway. Um... <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> her husband was like, I just want to look at him on all angles of your body, but not in a gay way. Yeah. Only in a way that like I really like him as a fan, and you are my wife, and it's like potential like, personal yeah. property now. It's like. And I want to tattoo this dude's face all over you. And whenever I look at you and we're having sex, be looking at him. It's, just, it's the same it's thing like, to like masturbating in your bedroom with posters of your favorite celebrities on. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, I don't make eye contact with Zach Efron, but <laughs> in the back of my head, he is watching. Literally. Um, well, I had low key been kissing this dude's poster goodnight for a couple years. That's and right. there we were. No, it was dry. Um, that's that's but, really <clears throat> um, Yeah, so we waited in line for the fucking 12 hours or whatever in Times Square. And um, the line ended up being like multiple blocks long. It was quite Jeez. quite a, a turnout. You were at the head of the dragon. Um, but how it ended up going down was that us being second in line when they like opened the gates for him it's like the first couple people are like, they're still working out like the structure of how they're gonna pull this off with like how much time people get and like figuring out how security is gonna roll and all this stuff. So us being second, we kind of got completely like shafted. Well, she did more so than me. I had like a little interaction and he signed the paper for me and I was pleased. He, I said to him like, oh my god, you like changed my life and I want to get this tattooed on me. And he's like, how old are you? <laughs> I was like, 17. And he was like, uh-huh. All right, well, here you go. Like, I hope you're allowed. And I was like, well, my mom doesn't really pay attention. It's fine. And he's like, okay, well, like, be safe out there. <laughs> and he's like a fucking 47-year-old father of multiple people. Um, and so... I was like pretty embarrassed and my friend comes out like crying because she got like no interaction and it was like awkward and the security just kind of pushed her through because they were blocks deep in fucking freaks waiting to talk to this poor man. Um, <clears throat> this poor man. <laughs> yeah, whatever. This rich man. No, this, you know, good, this, redistributed the wealth amongst oh, his followers. Oh, yes, I'm sure. Um, no, I I just oh god, I can't imagine facing blocks of people that want to meet me. To be honest, so that's no, that horrifying. Really um, <clears throat> but anyway, um, we found ourselves in the alley, and she's crying outside of Virgin in fucking Times Square, and we look over, and there's this man standing in a tuxedo with a hat against a limousine, and he's like come over here oh and we're like God. what <laughs> okay <laughs> and we uh we go over and he's got this like thick jamaican accent and he's like what's wrong and she's like crying and she's like oh we just waited for like 12 hours in line to meet this guy and we got like pushed through security and it sucked and whatever and he was like okay i'm really sorry to hear that and walks around the side of the limo and like bends in and we're like what the fuck and he comes around and he has the Nikki Six waiting at the airport limo sign. And he's like, I'm his driver. You guys can take this sign as a token. I'm going to take your phone number and I'm going to call you when I'm dropping him off at the hotel later. You can wait there and try to get him and have a better interaction. That is so And kind. I was like, this seems so sketchy. Uh -huh. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> but I was also I'm, like, I'm on work, so. I was like what very. Kind, nice it was. Person. It was. It seemed very kind yeah. and genuine because he wasn't white, and yeah. I trust that more. He. I was like, okay, okay. He also probably knows the guy. So. I was like, this just seems crazy, but I'm very down. Uh, my friend was even more skeptical than me, but I was like, bitch, I stole a credit card to come here, so we're going to go do this. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is the night we are having. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we went to Soho from Times Square to this fucking hotel, and um, we didn't really think about the fact that 
we like rushed over there immediately and we were the first fucking people in line and there was like 5,000 people behind us right. and he's going to beam in it. Um, so we got to this hotel and realized we're like sitting here for hours <laughs> and it gets to be like two o'clock in the morning <laughs> and we're like, well, maybe not two o'clock. I don't know. It was late at night. Um, and held out. We held out. Already like, held out since six in the morning. Exactly. And we didn't think he was going to call. We were like, this was bullshit. He was just trying to, I don't know. Who knows? Um, we like went and got dinner and we were like, we're going to miss it. And we went back and it was like really crazy teenage girl shit. Um, yeah. Not the Jonas Brothers, but this man who had previously passed away on heroin, been brought back. And wrote songs about more it. More impressive than the Jonas Brothers. Honestly, cooler than anything they've ever if done. If you survive that, I would rather follow you than yeah. a Jonas Brothers. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather. Yeah, I'd rather support that than like Promise Ring. I was inspired. Three twinks in a band. <laughs> Not an original idea. But... <laughs> this it's is effective. Four twinks in a band. <laughs> um, but anyway, so we were just about to fucking head out because, like I said, we had been in Times Square since six a.m. Oh. And finally we got the fucking call and he's like, we're coming around the corner and we're standing there and he like comes across the crosswalk and like, then we're face to face on the corner and he's like, what are you guys doing here? And we're like, (laughs) uh, we didn't think about like, what the fuck are you going to say about the fact that you're standing outside of this motherfucker's hotel? And we're like, or just waiting for some friends. And he's like, waiting for some friends, huh? And we're like, yeah, yeah. They're staying in this hotel. <laughs> and he's like, all right, well, have a good night. And we're like, huh? And he goes inside. Oh my God. <laughs> and we just like stood on the corner and we were like, holy shit, it worked. <laughs> Damn. Uh, and then we went back to Long Island and slept. That's where the story ends. I so but I took my little piece of paper with the signature back to Ohio. And my sister's baby daddy tattooed it on me, my foot. My foot. Okay, tell us about, tell <laughs> us about the how. Yeah. Why yeah. Was, yeah, tell us the whole experience. Yeah, why, was, why was the foot the choice of the tattoo? Um, I wanted it on my arm, but my sister's baby daddy uh, was a somewhat decent tattoo artist. Like, oh, it wasn't just like a scumbag with a needle. Um, <laughs> he was like an actual tattoo artist. So, um, he's, he's great. So he was like, let's do it in red ink on your foot. So it's easy to cover up and it's not Sweet. a good real estate. Right. And I was like, I fought to the nail to be like, no, it's going in black ink, but yeah. I'll take the foot. And my mom was like, what if you ever want to like do any kind of modeling? Like you're going to have this fucking scribble on your foot. And I was like, there's no way I'm ever going to model. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, we did it. It sucked. It was super painful. I wore one flip-flop to school the next day. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's so oh, iconic, shit. dude. That's Just to show it I was like, ow. But, to be, I mean, to be fair, I was the only 15-year-old in my very snobby fucking school with tattoo so that was my first tattoo damn I love that. it was amazing. a journey that is an amazing a very journey. embarrassing journey and, and, I, and I, I like the kind of anticlimacticness of that second interaction yeah like i'm so glad that it didn't turn out like he was like yeah let me yeah. look and no he was he was, like, he was very like, fatherly yeah. and like yeah. jesus get go <laughs> home uh, yeah. which like totally makes sense based off of his like entire message yeah, towards like true. youth and not being all fucked up but yeah. when yeah. you get your hands on that kind of material in the fourth grade you don't really perceive it maybe in the best way when you're unsupervised yeah that makes <laughs> sense that makes sense i mean but it's like it's like a superhero it's like right dude, like, i says fuck this fucked up world it was cute i did eventually end up um doing a podcast with one of the people in the band and getting to talk about my journey with the dirt and tell him face to face like thanks for fucking me up (laughs) (laughs) on a podcast and it was uh it was a good closure for that we should link to that the episode
Yeah, I've been wanting, honestly, I had been wanting since I was a young kid to to tattoo as well as be tattooed. Um, I spoke a, I spoke a little bit about like I was my interest since like a very young age and like body mods and like piercing and tattooing specifically. Um, and so, but back then it felt like impossible and super inaccessible because there really was only like one way to tattoo and one way to like draw tattoos, which is American traditional. Um, and so I was like, well, I can't, I can't even draw like that. So there's no way that's, you know, and all the shop, like the, the, the atmosphere and culture in shops then was all like, everyone was an asshole mm. and like you were you were treated like an object mm. you had no say in like you like if you want to take a break they were like pissed mm. you know um and so it would just seemed like an impossibility um but then later on you know i it always was an interest in when i started getting tattooed at 17 um it became you know a very constant thing like i touched on before um, and so it was like ever present in my life and so like the interest in doing it never left and I always like would draw like you know flash for like a you know hypothetical business um, but then eventually I had moved uh, after I moved to Oakland in 2018 um, I was in like I don't know I was in an interesting place um, emotionally and everything um, and a friend of mine wanted to um like give me like a couple hundred dollars and was like i just want you to spend it on something that isn't like bills or isn't like you know something like that like something that's like will make you feel good or like you know something like that and so that was incredibly sweet and so i used it to get like just like a cheap little tattoo gun and um i started you know practicing and started practicing on like fake skins they have these like oh, they're so <laughs> fucked up i don't know if you guys have seen these. no yes these like practice skins they're basically like craft singles it's like a slab of yeah flesh skin. yeah it's... just like synthetic flesh and it's just like but it's actually a pretty cool resource i mean there's some they range from like cheap to like super expensive sure. um but it's a pretty great thing because you know I you also practice on yourself. I rec I don't think anyone should tattoo another person before they tattoo themselves. Like that's just a, yeah. a rule. Yeah. Um, yeah. A uh, a boundary, perhaps. A boundary. I don't know. I, I don't know if we want to go that far, but <laughs> <laughs> a good boundary. Let's not lose our heads. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, and so yes, you know, my thighs mostly are all like covered in stuff of just like practicing different things. This is the first one I ever did mm. <laughs> on on human skin. You can tell. Um, with a gun. I had been, like, stick and poking myself a bunch in the past, but, um, but yeah, it's, uh, and then it, it became, you know, I, I just wanted to keep pursuing it. I really enjoyed, um, the practice of it. I enjoyed the connection of it. Um, and I really enjoyed making art for it, too, that I would want to translate into a tattoo. Um, and luckily, like, my loved ones would, and my boyfriend would let me practice on them, and they... They all have, um, my, my boyfriend Johnny specifically has a number of them for me, ranging from like, you know, ranging from literally getting asked by people in public why, <laughs> like what is that shitty tattoo? Oh, thank God. <laughs> that happened once when I was visiting him at a, his, the coffee shop he worked at in Oakland. This person, this dude was like, whoa, those tattoos on your knuckle. Like, did that, did that was that like their first time ever tattooing and I was sitting right there and I was like yes he <laughs> went straight to the, the yeah. knuckles yeah oh yeah he yeah Johnny Johnny is wild he's he's great just like me you know we're just sort of like our, our bodies are you know just uh, a vessel that we inhabit you know they don't really mean anything <laughs> fair enough um, you know yeah <laughs> it's casual it's chill um, but he also has he also has ones that look great and like I um I, you know, and I love it. He has one on his shin that I'm really proud of. And, and it's just like, I don't know, it's just flattering that literally anybody uh, let me tattoo them. I hope to get back into it again soon. Um, but then it became a really beautiful way to connect with people. And, you know, it, it was interesting because it was good and bad. Because, like, honestly, there were people who would use it as a therapy session. There were people who, um, in their booking emails, would unveil an 
inappropriate amount and type of information. Um, like, like there would be no, no, no. I'm not gonna say specifics, but um, like there would be people like, hey, I want to get this tattoo, and the reason why is this essay about the most awful things that have ever happened to me in my entire totally. life. Oh god, Some... people love to trauma dump. Yeah, um, exactly. No, it, in, yeah, and all those fucking shows that I think played a huge like, um, Miami Ink, LA Ink, all those mm -hmm. shows like really introduced like the entirety of America to modern tattooing and it was in the form of like people go and get tattoos because of some traumatic thing or some major life event and here's right. a huge crazy dramatic story so I feel like people took it upon themselves in pursuing getting tattoos to like make that the thing 100% no 100% <laughs> and I mean tattooers back then the culture before all those shows like you said definitely was like very like hard and like there's like this whole like shop culture and like tough guy shit that happens yeah. and lots of weird patriarchy and all the things um so i think it's just really interesting how um they all also have had to deal with like the transition into being expected to be these fucking therapists for people and they're right exactly. it's so funny that those guys are the ones who uh, I mean, they get it are yeah. getting it on that it is right. being friends with tattoo artists they have some mm -hmm. of the out of all the different people and professions that I know, tattoo artists really deal with like mm -hmm. some of the rawest forms of yeah. people yeah. <laughs> and their bullshit. Oh, it's true. It's true. Yeah, and no, it's I I get that because I was raised in the belief of like every tattoo you get because of the permanency, because of all of that, and you know it being on your body or whatever. It, it it had to be something that like meant a lot to you in some way. It had to like be you know, in honor of someone or something. It had, you know, it had to be very serious, very big deal. Um, which is why I now have literally like a baloney sandwich and like all this bullshit. Cause like I wanted to, I immediately got unserious with it. Cause I yeah. was like, it was like too serious. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. you know, I can't deal with that. And, but, but now on like the flip side, the pendulum swung very hard and I'm receiving these emails. And it, a lot of it is honestly about stuff like I myself have survived. And there is no, you know, like, oh, you know, trigger warning. <laughs> in this email it's just like oh here's this stuff and i'm just like Gah. and this is all for like one word you want to get yeah like i was whoa. gonna say you did a lot of tattoos of like art that you created mm -hmm. more so than people saying hey give me a fucking mm -hmm. snake on a sword yeah no it's true yeah a lot of my work um it was majority text-based um people i mean <laughs> it's very polarizing actually some people hate it which i love because uh, that's art, baby. Um, and some people love it, which I also love. Because that's also art, baby. Um, and But yeah, I do this very organic, weird, non-traditional like, text style where, you know, nothing is really as it is expected. And a lot of times you can like barely read what it says, cool. which is fun. Um, and, um, and so the most of the customs I would do would be like, I want this word or this phrase. And so it's different than like, yeah, like, oh, I want these specific images and I have to spend, you know, you know, days making this very specific thing and tweaking like the elements of it. It's more like I would do several versions of the text in my style mm -hmm. and then they would pick and then sometimes I would edit on the fly, but it'd be like sort of minor stuff. Um, but I love that because it was really fun seeing, I feel like text set can say no it's a little too obvious but text can say more about the person receiving it than an image can mm. um because sometimes yeah we get phrases and words that like we saw somewhere or you know we loved but a lot of times it's like someone i know or loved said this or like this was an you know um or like this is something i wrote myself which is also which is always very interesting because then like okay this is like who are you you know yeah and i love that. I think one of the things that's interesting about tattoos, especially being Jewish and like, there's a lot of shame in my family around like, you can't get tattoos because oh, yeah. it says so in the Torah, but also, you know, the Nazis tattooed all of us. Right. And you can't get you know, tattooed because it's bad for the people. Mm -hmm. um, and I really bought into that for a really long time, even though my first tattoo is this like Hebrew letter that is. Kabbalistic and that I've hated and loved all throughout my life, which is part of what's so fun about having tattoos is like your relationship to them changes. Absolutely. Like, 
it's like a mark of your history. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, but it, I don't know. It, it's one of those things that I, I really do suggest everybody get a tattoo at least once in their life, just to rem- remind yourself that your body belongs to you. Yeah, it doesn't belong to anyone else. And also, you know, you can get in a place that no one else has to see, but like get something that doodle on yourself. Yeah. Remind yourself that this body belongs to you. No, it, it does huge things. I mean, for me, it's done huge things for my autonomy and like really, which was something that I was in such a place that I didn't even know I needed because did, it didn't even seem like a theory that was possible. And so like, it was like an accidental find when I first got tattooed when I was 17 be like, Oh shit! <laughs> That's the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I I like amongst the three of us. I feel like we have. It's so funny how many times I find that we have like come to this like really similar space in life, but we all have such different backgrounds. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so funny to me. Yeah, like, it's amazing. And just our different relationships to all of these different things. Yeah. So funny. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah. I. Like, um, I don't remember if I've talked about it at all at this point, but um, yeah, the the person that did my first tattoo was my basically my brother-in-law. They weren't married, but my sister's baby daddy. Mm-hmm. And like, they got together when I was around the age of 10. So I, from then on, was like growing up in a tattoo shop. And um, the attitude from my family was just so much different from (laughs) y'all and um at the same time i was also considering becoming a tattooer myself and i feel that we like you were explaining some of the things that you did back then and i was just relating because i I did the same shit and really thought that that was going to be it for me but i think the combination of going to like kind of the art school program in high school um because i went to one for design thinking it would help me become a tattooer Mm -hmm. um and witnessing the shop drama that i did (laughs) and i was like burnt out on tattooing by the time i turned 18. (laughs) (laughs) fully when i graduated i was like i don't want to touch a pencil in the next 10 years yeah Yeah, that makes sense do you imagine doing it now have you thought about it i just in the past year have considered it and it's really funny because um my niece, who is 16 now, um, is the first um, apprentice that her dad has taken. So uh, while she's in high school, um, she's going to complete her tattooing apprenticeship. Um, that was kind of the deal with the parents. Like, okay, like you really fucking hate institutionalized school. You're an incredible artist. You have the opportunity to learn from your dad during high school. You maybe don't have to go to college. That's cool. That rules. Um, but yeah, I, it's so fucking precious to watch, and precious. I've, I have a a leg full of shitty doodles, and I'm like, you can have this whole leg, just do do this, That's stick awesome. to this, complete yeah. this, and you'll set yourself up for having so much more money than all the other kids graduating from high school. Yeah. And they're so talented. I'm so that's excited. Really true. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. gonna be amazing. I that definitely sounds better than my first experience trying to work in a shop because. I mean, I was in a very, like, bad point in my life, but um, I walked into this shop. It was while I was, like, deep in my alcoholism, Mm. and I looked like shit. (laughs) (laughs) And I carried myself like shit. (laughs) And I walked into this tattoo shop, which one of them was on, one of the people who worked there was on one of those shows. Mm. I forget which one it was. I I won't name the shop, but it was in Chicago. Um, And I walked in, and I was just like, try i was just asking if they had like a shop hand you know job open where you could just like literally mop a floor clean the bathroom um like i was just like i want to do literally anything in a tattoo shop just to get like a foot in you know like be around it and like learn and they (laughs) laughed me out of the shop (gasps) sounds about right Mm -hmm. like like a full-on like like a cartoon like a sitcom i'll never forget that did it hurt badly oh yeah i mean it felt like shit. loki wanted to die <laughs> yeah. as you fell oh, out I, the door i already did and yeah. i was just like this, this is gonna healthy. be <laughs> oh my god no, i fully yeah. believe that chosen families yeah. passing down the generational trauma yeah. on each other oh yeah yeah but I, no, it was, yeah that was in, that was wild but like you know and in, but like that experience mixed with 
all of my experiences getting tattooed in like more traditional shops throughout I've, I've been tattooed throughout the entire country um in very non-traditional settings like a house in philadelphia uh, the, f the floor of a front room of a house in philadelphia oh, yeah. who, that was later condemned for black mold like three months later that's when i got my neck tattoo um to like you know very like shops where shops in austin texas where i should have been treated like shit but they loved me you know i was flamboyant as fuck mm. and like um like i i came in with a crop top and like uh overalls with like one thing down so you could see my midriff and like under tit and like they like loved me they're like and I, I said, I want to get the most crass thing in your book. And so I got um, this tattoo here of the fingers doing like the eat out symbol. Oh my um, God. And uh, the Ooh, that's amazing. yeah, it was great. And the guy. Uh, a like, job stopper, as they call it. <laughs> a job Classic stopper. job stopper. <laughs> yeah, that's when you know you're going to be freelance by force. Um, yeah. I remember. Uh, I remember my first job stopper was this little tattoo, including an ass on my arm. And yeah. I, now that I look back, I'm like, who gave a shit? But I was like, ooh, I got my first job stopper. Yeah, anything with an ass on it. There's an ass on my arm. But uh, I'll never forget when this dude's literally, when he's like, all right, we're all set up. I walk over to the table. He slaps it with his hand and he and goes, face down, ass up. <gasps> and I just go, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> And then we vibed the whole time. It was honestly very cute. Um, oh. It was great. But throughout all the bad and good experiences that I had in inside of tattoo shops in any capacity taught me everything. Well, most of the learning process never ends. Taught me so much about what I needed to know about what I didn't want to do as a tattooer. Mm -hmm. And like, like, like how to treat people. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, like, like. Perpetuating not... the shop culture. Exactly. Yeah. Like, the, like, the, like I mentioned earlier, like how they, if you take a break, that's a problem for them. Like, I want people, I, I love checking in constantly, yeah. um, making sure that they feel okay, making sure, like, if they need a break, whatever. Like, you know, I just, like, I learned so much about, like, how not to and how to treat people yeah. that way. And it's been, yeah, it's been a huge part of my life. I, um, well, you know, how you were, you were speaking to your experience as how your first tattoo came from you being a groupie. For a group of long-haired feminine men, <laughs> and I, Hot ones. <laughs> I at the time was also a groupie for a different long-haired feminine man named Jesus. <gasps> wow, that was a beautiful segue. Eh? Thank you. Thank you. Wow, the connect, the just visual, the crossfade, it's gorgeous. Yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you. You know, I, I love a transition. Um, so. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, uh, I grew up in my, in a Jews for Jesus household, but luckily because of like my literal, like lifelong at that time, you know, starting from my childhood obsession with body modifications, piercings, tattooing, um, you know, I've been researching a lot of that stuff. I, um, I at one point had, I think it was like an eighth grade, I got my eyebrow pierced, um, and I started like stretching my earlobes, but it was funny because my mom, who you know, uh, had an interesting uh, role in, the, in, in these things, she being a Virgo, made me literally like basically write her a research paper about how to stretch your ears, how to do it safely, blah blah blah. And so I once again I was like, I'm going to the history of Virgos. You know, of course, at this point I was like, oh, this is something I like probably shouldn't be doing, but I didn't know that at the time. You know, it was what like 2000. 2000s, very early thousands, just just post 9/11. Anything that gets you your bodily autonomy back is good. Yes, but um, so so it was like body mods were like a, a like a very present thing in my household because of me, um, and um, my senior year of high school is when um, Hurricane Katrina happened, and um, my family through our church. Uh, uh, me, my dad, and my brother, I think on separate trips, I went down with other people, they went down uh, before me. Um, but we went to uh, the specific area of Biloxi, Mississippi with this um, this like Christian charity group that was like doing like, on the ground work there. Mm -hmm. And um, we ended up doing a lot of like relief work for, I think it was for like a week or more. Um, and we would like go, there was houses that were um, 
they needed to be gutted, but the skeletons were savable, and so we just went in and were like gutting these houses so that they could oh be God. rebuilt. That must have been so intense. It was really intense. Like you would literally see like these like water damaged like photo like family albums. Uh, it was like literally so awful. Sounds and then you'd haunted. Pull the this oh, like the sad. walls down and like all these cockroaches the size of a dog would come running out. Uh, it was like this is literally one of the most like horrific things I've like ever experienced. And it honestly it 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 really had an effect on me in a big way because it was my first time doing something. You know, I was, I was seven, I was freshly seventeen. Yeah. It was my first time doing anything like this for other people, yeah. and then also experiencing like seeing, being privy to the trauma these people had experienced yeah. was like really intense. So when we got back, my mom. I mean, I guess they had talked about it, but my mom was like, "Hey, how would you feel about getting like a commemorative tattoo?" with your brother and your dad to like you know commemorate this experience that you all had and um looking back on it, it's kind of like it's a sweet but kind of like funny concept because it's like <laughs> an experience that was moving because other people's lives were ruined you know what i mean right yeah so mm -hmm. it's it, but um but it's, it's a sweet idea you know because it, it did have an effect but I was, but of course you know, i was a 17 year old kid who wasn't allowed to like really do a lot and of you were things like, fuck yeah so, like, so like, <laughs> and I and it's for free. Like, and again, like my school was was the opposite of your school, um, but I was like the only kid with a fucking tattoo. So it felt, but, and no one expected it. So I was like so quiet, very in the cut. Like, I mean, I was like, I would make people laugh all the time because I was the only way I could like connect with other people through like my autism and not understanding how like this works. And I was like, but I know laughing is good. <laughs> 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 but um and uh yeah so that was that was how i ended up getting my first tattoo when i was 17 um and then that's when it made me realize that like oh this is one way i finally feel like tethered to my vessel mm. and because i had for so long i mean since probably around the age of 10 um been struggling with extreme dissociation and i didn't know what it was of course i didn't yeah. have any vocabulary and no understanding i my parents were literally like taking me to the doctor get all this testing done they thought i had um all this stuff going on they thought i had like polyps and like in my head and all this other. so they're doing all these tests all this stuff and then eventually there was like we don't know what's happening go home never come back i was yeah. like okay um because it turned out we needed a mental health professional um yeah. maybe a couple um, so then I started any time I was able to like scrape together any money I was going to get tattooed and it was funny because my the one that my parents took us to because my mom was you know of course very specific even though my dad to get my eyebrow pierced when I was in grade school took me to this absolute dump on the south side of Chicago <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was it was a good time it was a good time um, but uh, then my mom of course like when I got my ear pierced when I was 10 for my 10th birthday my very first anything my mom took me to the doctor Oh my god, I'm such a Virgo. I think I'll do that with my kids. I'll be like, yeah. we're going. You're, well, I'd be like, <laughs> Alex will do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, she'll do it. She'll do it. But no, but it's funny because then I was like, oh, that's why this is an art form <laughs> and not a medical procedure. You know, I mean, he did great. It's still there. I still use it. Uh, yeah. I still use the hole he gave me. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> um, and but yes, yeah, so that was um, that's when I got my first piercing, and then I got that tattoo. But I was, and then I was like, okay, I need to like keep trying to get tattooed because it really is like helping me feel like a part of who I am, and like here yeah. on this plane, you know. Yeah. And so now I've been getting tattooed for seventeen years, and I have I don't even know how many, but I I know it's over a hundred because I was keeping count at one point. But um, now, honestly, it's literally, like, one of the best things I could have done for myself. The more... Now, because, like, I've had silly stuff. Like, I would just get things. Like, I got this literal bologna sandwich. Um, you know, these religious ones. The, these ones based off of, like, old movies I love. Like, random bullshit. The solo lit painting. I love that, though. Um, and... But, like, now that I... After, after coming into myself and understanding who I am... Now my tattoos are less about feeling tied to my vessel and now more about nesting in my vessel. Mm. And it feels like every time I get another tattoo, it makes me feel like I am, you know, 
deeper nestled into myself and I'm like more present more grounded here yeah. and it feels like you know I'm putting up like art on the walls that I love yeah and like it, it feels it, it makes me feel beautiful in ways that I never thought that I could and um, again another thing that I recommend you know a lot of I recommend a lot of things with very visible parts of the body so like literally I've had people comment on my head tattoos my face tattoos my eyelid tattoos and I'm like you should do it I, I think everyone should get their head tattooed at some point. Shave that shit, tattoo it. Slap a fucking tattoo on okay. it. You will feel more powerful than you've literally ever felt in your whole fucking life. And I have, and I, you know, I think anything powerful. I have literal roses, flowers. I wanted a garden. And so I have all these just different artists take on different floral things. And it feels so powerful. That's and amazing. And I'm obsessed with it. And it's like, it's honestly incredible. And I think it's good for people's mental health to get a head and or face tattoo. I would agree with that. So, yeah. Therapeutic for sure. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I th- appreciate and respect and totally like get your entire like opinion on tattoos. And it is honestly refreshing because I'm over here with this like very like cynical, I hate talking about tattoos. I think it like, I think it comes from partially like my line of work, my industry. It's like a very like fetishized part of me. And it's like, uh, like a sign of permission for like people that I don't want to talk to to talk to me about something that I don't want to talk to them about. So it's made me like a little like resentful in that way, and it's like a little bit of a thing. So I'm like, I hate talking about tattoos, yeah. but at the same time, you say these things, and I'm like, yeah, you're right. Because <laughs> <laughs> recently, I was in fucking Switzerland at a spa, and they gave us this like milk bath, and we had to coat ourselves in this stuff that looked like yogurt, and I covered my whole body in this stuff, and you couldn't see any of the tattoos on me, and I was fucking terrifying. Yeah, that's, so. a, that's a wild jump scare. <laughs> <laughs> Look like the Pillsbury Doughboy. <laughs> Like, Stark. 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 Yeah, I'm just a sheet of paper. Yeah. Wow. So I appreciate these things. Yeah. They make me. I love that. But I mean, little... but we also have had very different experiences with our True. tattoo journeys as well. I got mine in a a lot of them, at least, in very like self-destructive periods where I was just like, "Fuck it, just put it on me because of this thing right. that matters right now and whatever." But at the same time, like they. As much as I don't like to say, like, oh, they have a meaning or whatever, like, they do all have a f- pretty funny story, so. <laughs> Our show was recorded by Jacob Masters. Follow him at High School Jacob on Instagram. Our producer is Sophie Litwalk. Check her out at Sophie's underscore art studio. Sarah McNamara was our sound engineer. Thanks to all of our guests. Please let us know what you think in the comments at Queer the Air Pod.